Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker and I have one of those programs today that uh, we're going to talk about uh, identity theft. And has it happened to you? Well, we've got some people here that have got some experience, and we'll go through that process about how do you avoid identity theft. And the reality is, when it does happen, what do you do? So I've got Nathan Powell and Keith uh, Nathan Powell and Keith Powell? No, Nathan Powell and Mike <laughs> Powell, Michael Powell, and then I've got Keith Quinn coming up. I'll get all these names. Guys. Just, too many Powells. Hey, too many Powells. And all. We hey, He's stealing I... your identities already. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I lost control of this program. Have you noticed that, Gil? I lost control. I got two. These guys are just too good. You know, yeah, it's just the way it works. But, hey, that's okay, guys. I appreciate the the fact that we do have a program. I mean, this is the return season. Everybody's going back and returning that Christmas gift that you got. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that rush. And we've, you know, and, and then you're thinking, you know, did did I buy this at this store? Well, you're going to find out how people kind of, all of a sudden, your 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 identity, your, what you thought was so sacred and you were protecting, has been stolen. And what do you do? Well, that's what Michael and and actually, I've got both Michael and Nathan are going to make sure we cover that subject. Now I'll get this right in a second. Then Keith is going to go back, and we're going to look at 2016. Keith Quinn, of course, you know, guys, that a frequent guest of ours, the Director of Investments at Shoemaker Financial. He's going to go back and look at 2016. Can I give us the overview and then direct us forward under the Trump presidency and look at what's going to go on in 2017? And we'll get some great questions and answers from him. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now, let me, let me set the case, stage here. Here's, here's what I want you to think with me. You're listening to Talk Money. Now, Talk Money is a program that kind of helps you focus on how to manage, how to do planning and investments and things like that. But at the same time, what happens to you if you have had that terrible thing of your identity, your credit card has been stolen? How is it done? What what do you have to be looking out for? And then how do you protect yourself? Well, if it's if it's just simply, you know, being sensitive that somebody can do something like that, that's a big step. But you're going to find out some very, very specifics about what you should be thinking about, be how to be mindful of a few things that they're going to tell you about. And everybody takes it for granted that the bank is going to make it right. Well, you're going to find out sometimes that's not always the case, and you want to be sure that you know how to prevent it and then what to do. If it occurs, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today is Michael Powell, one, Nathan Powell, 
two. No relation. No relation. <laughs> no relation. And, uh, you know, would you, Gil, I tell you what, Gil, by the way, welcome, Gil. Thank you, sir, for being here today. As always, Gil does a great job. But, Gil, would you control their mics from now on? We'll just cut them off and keep them going. You know, just let them know that we are in charge of the program. Okay, guys. We'll be back in a second. We are talking about identity theft and how do you deal with it if it's happened to you how to avoid it so it never happens to you you're listening to talk money on kwam 990 we'll be right back after this Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, Michael Powell, and Nathan Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I do have the Powell brothers, we call them, at the office. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that is Nathan and Michael, and uh, they're not related, but uh, they're great guys. And we are talking about identity theft, and the reality is everybody has had it to happen to them that's on the program today. And maybe you're one of those few that has, has not happened to you. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about, how we're going to dive into it and make sure we kind of help you get through this kind of a season that is, uh, you know, where people are looking and people are, are really stealing that. I want to remind you, too, that Talk Money, this portion of Talk Money, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, probate, planning for all generations. We appreciate uh, Mac Bailey, and, of course, he'll be on with us in January. Look forward to him always. Now, guys, let me start with this. Nathan, I, I want you to help us get started on, on this idea it It is the season. It's kind of what I call the return season. Yeah. You know, I've got two or three of those gifts that, um, ooh, I better not talk about those gifts, should I? You know, <laughs> now that I think careful, about it. Careful. Yeah, I better be careful with that. But I have one or two gifts, three or three gifts that I've got to take back. You know, either they didn't fit or something. And so I know that you have to be sensitive. You have to be careful. Talk about really what's going on here. Sure. You know, I think that, you know, I mean, we're a little bit beyond, you know, the traditional holiday rush of things of people doing tons of online shopping. But, you know, again, in just today's world, that doesn't just, you know, peak in the holiday seasons. You know, Christmas gifts are always, you know, a big one, Hanukkah gifts, whatever, you know, it may be. Then you're going to have birthdays. You're going to have Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, online shopping and just shopping 
in general is, you know, never going to end, especially in, nope. you know, where we are. So, you know, it really identity theft is just as simple as somebody getting your social security number, your name. Those are really the only two things that they need to get started, either making some, you know, fraudulent application for a credit card in your name, or, you know, they can scan your actual credit card information if you're online shopping. And, you know, sometimes you'll see in that top left corner of your browser, there'll be a, it looks like a padlock, you know, and that typically means that you're on a secure site. But, you know, as we were talking this morning, I mean, Target had a secure site and they've, you know, fell prey to, um, you know, some identity theft of some of their customers. And that was a huge PR, you know, major problem for them. And a major problem for a lot of customers, too. Absolutely right. You know, and it's not only we're we're talking a little bit about tax, I mean, uh, return to gifts, but tax season is right right around the corner. And I know there's some data that we've got here that uh, talk about that data. I think it's critical. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from just, you know, basic identity theft or people making fraudulent, you know, charges on your credit card, things like that. I mean, if we go back just to, you know, 2013, just three years ago, you know, there was a study by the uh, Government Accountability Office that said scammers for, you know, IRS scammed over 5 million fraudulent returns costing the IRS about 5.8 billion, billion with a b billion dollars in fraudulent refunds to people posing as, you know, you or you know the listeners out there whoever it might be. It's um it's unbelievable. And all you need is a social security number, date of birth and and you're in business. That's right. That's right. And, and once you have that, I mean it's relatively easy to find, you know, you google anything these days, you can find out you know, you know, addresses, phone numbers. I mean, you get two basic pieces of information. And it just opens up the doors for you. You know, and I, I was, I, I need to tell everybody, this is critical. We have become a Facebook generation. We're mm-hmm. a Facebook population. And it is amazing what we put on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am shocked that the, it's like, well, I, I don't mind telling you, you know, Nathan, I'll tell you. But I forget that the fact that if I'm telling you, I'm telling another 200 people right. what I just told you. Well, think about this. You know, I mean, you know, Kim Kardashian had that big, you know, robbery that happened a, a few months ago. And right. they linked the majority of that to her social media. She would post where she was going to be. She was at some, I think, a fashion show or something. You know, she had pictures of her bling, you know, her her necklace and they everything. They knew what to get. And, yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, they just made it, she made it very, very easy. I mean, you never, I mean, it's a terrible thing that happened, but, you know, uh, announcing to the world, every move that you're making, everything that you're wearing, everything that you're eating. And we all like to take little pictures of our food and it's, you know, looks scrumptious, I guess, but you know, you do those types of things. People know where you are. They know what you're up to. They know what you like. They know what you got on. They know where you're going to be. I mean, it's, it's a little scary out there. Big brother, right? Yeah. We're we're all big brother. now. We're all big brother. Now it's a little too transparent. So let me ask you this, uh, you know, I guess, Michael, I'm looking from a standpoint of, all right, Social Security, uh, telephone numbers, I mean, any, any, anything that we put out. Now, I know that sometimes we tell people, be careful with your Social Security number, memorize it, and throw the card away almost. Mm-hmm. I actually had someone, we were asking for a, uh, a credit, not a credit card, a, a, their, a picture identification. Mm-hmm. We have to do that a lot of times. And they pulled out their driver's license. And they said, well, you want my Social Security card, too? <laughs> and I and I looked at that and I thought, whoa, wait a second. You mean to tell me you walk around every day 
with these two pieces of identification in your wallet. And he looked at me, and this guy, he said, well, sure. And I said, what happened if you lose it? And he said, well, I'll just get it replaced. I said, no, you just gave somebody all they need. Driver license and social security. Social security yep, that's- I mean, they have got you and own you, basically. So you have to be careful with that. Michael, talk about some things. I mean, how do you protect yourself? Well, you mentioned a good point there just with the Social Security card and the driver's license. If you lose your driver's license, you can go to the uh, driver's driver's license office and get a new one, change your numbers and all that different stuff. But if you lose your Social Security card, you can't just change your number just like you do your credit card number. I mean, that's that's a serious issue. But with all the different things in place now with the social media – and all the technology we have, you have to be very, very cautious of what you do. Whether it is a shopping transaction or it's just carrying around your most prized possession, your Social Security number, in your wallet. Yeah, that's just not something to do. All right, let's talk about somebody filing a tax return. And uh, how do you know what's going on there? You know, Help me with that, Nathan. Right, so you know, there, there's... It's getting more popular. There have been these scams of, you know, people calling and claiming to be the IRS, demanding payment. You know, if you don't give us, you know, some bank information or the phone, you're going to be arrested and, you know, some huge scare tactics. So as we're, you know, approaching tax season, it's something to be uh, very mindful about. But, you know, some good points to understand, you know, listeners out there is the IRS is never going to ask for personal information by phone, email, text, social media. And they also don't threaten uh, arrest for nonpayment. And you'll hear, you know, the ads on the radio, you know, they're garnishing wages. They're doing liens on bank accounts. Is that your your radio voice? Yeah. you like (laughs) My personality changes right right there. That's my radio personality. I mean, those things truly happen. But if someone calls you and they're saying we are here with the IRS, they can even, you know, make it so that when they call you, it comes up on your phone and says IRS. IRS, yeah. I mean, they can. Oh, I I actually got one of those this year. And I have a, I have a gentleman that, that passes out my number apparently as his, like, uh, his, his, uh, you know, number that he gives out when he doesn't want to give his James Westmoreland. <laughs> so I, you know, I got this and it sounded very reasonable from the IRS. I thought it was probably James. So I, ca- I called him up and, and no, they had said, you know, I had, I had a penalty from several years ago. And if I didn't turn around and write them a check for $3,500 that day, hey. they were going to start criminal prosecution of me. And I said, well, you know, guys, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> right. but, you know, yeah, you're, you're well, not going to write Let's make sure everybody yeah. knows Keith's a lawyer too. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. hook it up. I had the same thing happen to me. <laughs> really? I, I had a voicemail on my iPhone. I was looking at it. I was like, I don't recognize this number. It was a weird area code. I think it was an 800 number. But anyway, I was listening to it. And it was it sounded automated, but it was telling me I owed like two grand. And I had to pay it in three months. And I needed to call this number to get up, you know, get in touch with them so I could pay it off. And I, I typed in the number on Google. It's amazing. You just type in any phone number on Google. It'll tell you basically who it is, what it is. And there was like ten different links showing you like this number's a scam. Don't listen to wow. it. So, I mean so, that's a so good that's thing a too. That's a defense to do. Just type the number into Google, and it tells you a little bit. Sure. Well, because is. think about what they're trying to do. If they just get a couple of people to come through it's with this, and it's always a small enough dollar amount where you could basically write a check for it. Uh, and again, law of large numbers. You know, they just they just want to catch some of the people, and it's typically the people that are going to be hurt the worst are the ones that get caught up in this. So always do your due diligence. That's right. So if you know if you're worried about those types of things, just remember that the IRS notices will always arrive by mail. Always by mail. So yeah. you know if you're 
You're wondering if this call is real. Think back. Have you gotten anything in the mail? If you haven't, there's a huge red Just flag. ignore it, then. Just ignore it. That's yeah, the number one. Exactly ignore right. It. Ignore it. You know, demand of payment over the phone. That's a scammer. That's a scammer. And if you think, look, if you think you owe taxes, who do you think you should call? Probably the IRS directly, right? 800-829-1040. You know, give them a call. I I can pretty much guarantee they're going to know whether or not you owe taxes. Right. and I would also say that as well. If you're looking up the number, don't go by the number that's on your phone that they text you. You know, right. look up the number to the IRS. Look up the number to the bank. So go by the actual number and call them that way. And fear, you don't do things out of fear. When somebody's intimidating you over the phone, you know, the sad thing about it is all four of us would handle this, and, and Gil would too. We'd all handle it different. So the reality is, you know, we are not going to be as intimidated, but you get that particular person that is subject and all of a sudden, they get this type of call. You've absolutely, got that person. I mean, it's alarming. Them. I mean, the yeah, IRS already has, you know, this. Um, it strikes fear in your heart thinking about the tax man, you know. So, and it sounds relatively uh, legit until yeah. you start digging. Yeah, you're that's like, just right. tell me where to send the check. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, no. You know, there's, a, the there's another trouble. scam that's going on right now that you need to be careful with, and that's one. And I get it. Seem like I'm getting two or three a day, and that's saying, hey, we've got an opportunity for a job that you could do work out of your home mm-hmm. you know 25 to three thousand dollars a week you know and you you click on it if you I try actually try to see just as much as i could without getting into it but i've asked some people about it and the reality is you click on it and immediately they want you to say well what about we would like to know a little bit more about yeah. you and i mean you yeah. know and but they've got you set up they've already you're pre-approved well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I listen to a, a lot of the radio shows. There's, you know, I, I think This American Life did a, uh, a story about that particular um, scenario. And they yeah. uh, reached out to some people who had been you know, subject to that before. And what they found was they started, said, okay, we need $3,000 to secure a business license. Right. She sends it. They need another, you know, access to your bank account for to send this money regulation. To you. So, to so you get exactly. money. And, you know, it's seen pretty legitimate until she got about twelve or fifteen thousand dollars in and never had received any documents. They tried to, you know, then go back and do some retaliation, you know, do some, you know, litigation. And guess what? Where do you think that business went? Oh. Poof. Poof. Just done, done. gone. Gone. And where was her money? And no right defense for that whatsoever. Right. All right. We talk about this a lot. Create strong, unique passwords for each account that you have. You know, be sure that your website, when you go to a website, somebody asked me the other day, and this is a question that we got a couple of weeks ago when Talk Money, and the reason why. And by the way, if you've got a question for us, just go to Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. We'll get to the question. It may not happen that week, but we will get to your question. We will try to send you that answer to the question when you send it to us. That's at Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest today, Michael. And Nathan Powell, they are not related. They, you know, I'm just it, guys. This may be the last time I have both of you on it. No, we love this. Well, I know it's you. A do. Great setup. I know you too. I feel like we're, 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 ha- we're having our Forrest Gump mom yeah. moment. We are not relations. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. And Keith Quinn, he's with us today, and we're talking about identity theft, and we've gone through some of the scams that we see. And I tell you, we're just trying to tell you: be careful. When in doubt. Check it out. Don't do something or respond something to something over fear. And uh, if it sounds too good to be true, most of the time it is. Fear or greed. Uh, yeah, you don't. Way. You don't need that three thousand dollar a week job. 
So we've talked about a little bit of the warning signs on identity thrift, you know, from that stand, Keith. What are you, I mean, uh, both of you, I'm thinking about it, but but what are you really looking at? You've had something to happen to you just out of the clear blue sky. Well, I have had a credit card and I'd gotten a charge and and the credit card company, they were great about notifying me the next day and asked, did you make this charge in Los Angeles? And I said, well, because I'm in Germantown, Tennessee. No, I did not make that charge in in Los Angeles last night. So they were, they were quick to catch that. And of course they canceled the card, overnighted me a a new card. But I found it interesting that all of us have had that. I've had a a credit card. You had had to, you actually discovered it though. Yeah. And they didn't even, I mean, it wasn't a big transaction, like a thousand dollars, anything like like that, for the credit card company to actually contact me. But I'm just walking down the road, you know, on my way to a restaurant, and I'm, you know, looking at my credit card transactions, and all of a sudden I see a Chili's in such and such Florida for one hundred sixteen dollars. I'm like, well, you know, I love Chili's, but I haven't been the one in Florida. <laughs> and then I see a Waffle House yeah, right under it for ninety five dollars yeah. in the same town in Florida. And I'm like, who the heck is this person that keeps charging? Money? <laughs> they're having a good time yeah. in Florida. Yeah, they're treating everybody. Yeah, ninety five dollars at Waffle House. So, <laughs> so I call up uh, the credit card company. I say, hey, I have two fraudulent activities that I think are you know suspicious. I don't, I haven't done these, and immediately they. They took care of my concern. They transact. They gave me a credit back on all the transactions, and they canceled my credit card immediately. Mm. So that was the nice thing about it. But, but. you were sensitive, and you were yes. and you, you paid attention, and that's what you you know right. they called you, Keith, and you know Nathan. What about you? Yeah, and mine was you know this was back in I think two thousand eight, and I learned um, kind of the hard way not to use your debit card. I mean, we, you both were talking about credit cards, but your know, debit cards obviously people use them a lot for online stuff. Well, I was looking again through my you know transla- transactions online and saw someone had charged like two hundred fifty dollars to this you know role playing uh, card game called Magic the Gathering. I said, <laughs> crying out loud, somebody's really getting some extra elixirs <laughs> or potions here, you know, on my on my debit card. You know, so I called and you know, fortunately, I, I found out that debit cards don't have the same protections as credit cards do. And fortunately, my bank was you know lenient and kind with and, you. Yeah, it worked with me and credited that back. But, you know, I'm sure there's some threshold that every bank has that, look, you know, if this is a debit card, it's just like cash, more or less. And if it's gone, we're not obligated to, you know, reimburse those things right. where you are with the credit with card. The credit card. Keith, you had a great, a great solution with the credit card. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I personally, I keep a low limit credit card. So a credit card with a pretty low credit limit. And that's what I use for online purchases because I do a lot on Amazon, stuff like that. And that way, you know, if someone just steals the number, they're, you know, only so much they can charge on that card. And I kind of watch that one pretty closely. You know, guys, we've covered a lot of material. And I hope people understand that we're, we're giving you a 30,000 foot view of identity theft. But pay attention. Don't just ignore it. It's going to happen to you. So when you charge something... Make sure you, as Michael was saying, look at your what your statement looks like. Check your statement out. Things don't the not to carry with you, your Social Security card, your passport, your passwords. Use a non-password protected phone. Don't take that with you. Just don't use it. Checkbook, too many credit cards, gift cards, receipts, all those things you need to not be token around. Those are things that if you were to lose them, creates a problem. We hope this has been helpful. When we come back, we're going to find out about 2016 and what to look forward to in 2017. 
Director of Investments, Keith Quinn. He'll be with us when we come back right after this. I'm Jim Shoemaker, KWAM 990. You're listening to Talk Money. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. You know, one of the things that I guess we, we're running so hard through this program, talking about identity theft, and I, I want to step back just a little bit before I bring Keith on. And, uh, you know, Michael, you had a, a great example of how people have to be careful. And because it's so important that you hear this, I want Michael to walk you through what happened in a personal, and this is, you know, I think it's okay if you actually talk about it from a personal standpoint, yeah. because I, I think the reality is, Listen, folks, this is serious stuff, and this is how things can happen. We have tons of examples. We just don't have time to give them to you. The reality is this is an example you need to hear. Michael? Well, this is a story about my grandparents. This was probably like five or six years ago. It was fairly, I mean, fairly recent, but she had gotten a call from, now she has 14 grandchildren, by the way, and they're all scattered out throughout the southeast, but one from Washington, D.C., or so she thought, called her up and said, hey, I'm in a bind right now. I need you to wire me some money. Now, the call was as natural. Natural. And, and uh, no. she, she had thought that it was him. It sounded like him. You know, no suspicion of that whatsoever. And so she, without hesitation, she put some money in the mail, sent it to the address that he asked. And then three days later, she calls him up and says, hey, you know, did you get the money that I sent you? And then he, called, he answers the phone. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Grandma. And that was a scary thing because she had sent a significant amount of money to him and it wasn't even him. Mm. So it's not even from a internet side. It's just from a, a telephone thing. And, and again, how do you find out that kind of personal information? And again, we said this earlier. The reality is it's all about what we do on Facebook. A lot of times people mm-hmm. are looking and spending time and you say, well, I can protect that. I, I can decide who I like and who I don't. But you don't know who's liking who else down yeah, the road. The, the crazy thing is, is you know, he's, she's got 14 grandchildren and they're all spread out. But how did they even find the connection? Oh, I know. It's just, and yeah. Facebook's one thing and social media, but. And, here, and here's the same. thing. I mean, a, an easy fix for this, if you haven't done this already, if you've got a Facebook or any social media account, and it doesn't matter, you know what the site is, go to your privacy settings, set your profile to private so that unless you are friends or connected to someone, they will not be able to see, you know, your personal information. If you say where you work, you know, all these different things, because somebody can just randomly type in, they can type in Nathan Powell and see, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. And if it's, you know, if it's not with the right privacy setting, you know, that door is just leaving the window open. Well, I know that's a critical way of doing it, but I have read that uh, even with a privacy setting, a scammer, 
knows how to get through oh, that. Sure. And you so, can link you can link relations to each other too, like yeah. brother, sister, wife, yeah. cousin. And so you, that is something that you got to be careful of. Be I mean, it's great for people to know that just from a personal level, but sometimes you don't want the right people. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Great point. Well, I hope we've covered that material. It's serious material. We've got tax season coming up. Be sensitive. We told you never to do something out of fear and always check things out before you, you know, give somebody information. Now, let's talk about 2016. This is a subject we've had a lot going on, Keith. Now, Keith Quinn is a frequent guest, a frequent, I mean, he's a host. He does everything. He's smart, smarter than me, and you can tell that pretty quick. But here's the key. I got the microphone, and he's got to answer my questions. All right. And so that's a good thing. So, Keith, here we go. Look at look back. Tell right. me what you see in 2016. It was a pretty volatile up and down type mentality year. Well, yeah. So looking, you know, through the end of last week, you know, when we look at the returns on the S&P 500, we take that as a measure of U.S. large cap stocks up a little over 13 percent. Had you told me December 30th of last year that we would be up 13 percent in 2016. I did tell you that. I yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I boy. remember. I wrote <laughs> I it down. Yeah, I would have taken it and run because that sounded awfully good. And Well, that sounded almost impossible. Well, it really did. And remember how we started off the year, the worst first six weeks in the market ever, ever, ever. Uh, in January, the market dropped over 10% in the, worst, in the first six weeks of the year. Uh, so we had a correction right off the bat, and things look weak. You know, we were worried about China. We were worried about the global economy. So all these things that we've seen, and, you know, so we get through that. We dropped 10%. Well, we made that back. Uh, you know, we hadn't set a, a new high since May of 2015. Well, we won, went on and set a new high. Well, and then we had the Brexit vote. So the next thing that we had to face was Brexit. Of course, Brexit occurred. British decided, the British decided to leave the European Union. Market dropped 6% in two days. Uh, again, everything looked bad. The European Union's falling apart. How could we possibly make any money investing in stocks? But then we made those losses back. Uh, then we traded through the summer. The next thing we're thinking about, you know, gosh, what's going to happen with the Federal Reserve? Well, the Federal Reserve's going to raise interest rates. That's going to tank the stock market. Well, Federal Reserve didn't raise rates. The economy's growing, not growing as fast as they would have liked, starting to see a pickup in inflation, one of the measures that the Federal Reserve is looking at. But they finally did raise rates. Now, they waited until after the election, and that's kind of what we thought. But they raised the overnight uh, interest rate by 25 basis points. Didn't spook the market. Market continues to go up. And then the big one, I guess, you know, was was the U.S. election. And that, that, was, take, uh, that, that took, was the game changer. That took place this year. Yeah. That took place this year, right? And I don't know if you remember. I don't remember that. Yeah, you may not remember this. I but tried was, to block it out of yeah, my mind. Yeah, it was, it was pretty contentious. Yeah, you know, there was a, a yeah, little bit. There was a lot of back and forth yeah. in the election, and we didn't really know, uh, you know, for sure who was going to win. Certainly didn't know who was going to control the Senate. Uh, and then we found out, you know, that night Donald Trump was going to win the the presidency and the market dropped 800 points. points. The futures. Uh, the futures. Uh, and it looked like it was going to be a bloodbath. Uh, and then, of course, the next day throughout the night, you made back the losses on the 800 points, uh, actually opened and finished the day up over 200 points. And that was in the Dow. Uh, and I think it was this thought that finally we've got a unified government. Now, I won't argue which side is better, you know, Republican or Democrat. I think it's clear which one it is. Uh, but we'll think about that for the economic perspective that we have 
a unified government where we can finally get some fiscal policy measures that could potentially help the economy. For the last seven years, the biggest game in town has been the Federal Reserve and quantitative easing. And that has an impact, but a limited impact, we think. And it just hasn't given us the kind of growth that we're looking for. President Obama will be the first president in history to not have a calendar year of 3% GDP growth. Uh, So it was one of those things we've been in this slow growth environment and that perception of what we're looking for seems to have changed since the election. And when you say it's changed, you're saying that there's more optimism? I think there's absolutely more optimism. Uh, There's more optimism, again, that we can get some things done on the fiscal policy side. There's some things that both sides agree on. We all agree the corporate tax rate is too high at 35%. How do we bring it down? What looks like now, we may be able to bring that down. A lot of us think that there's uh, too many regulations out there. Well, now it looks like we can address some of that. All these are very pro-business policies. Now, the uh, uh, trick is, you know, uh, when the rubber meets the road, will we actually get this stuff done? What's it really going to look like when we implement it? Uh, But everything right now, there are reasons to be optimistic. Well, when we talk about optimism, I mean, we kind of watch what the consumer index looks like when we talk about optimism, and University of Michigan does that. And they've just come out. We're at a all-time high. I mean. Right. So one of the things we look at, you know, we talk about consumer spending. It's important for us because we realize that consumer spending drives basically two-thirds of our economy. So the consumer in the U.S. is a big deal. You know, that's what the Chinese are trying to go to, a more consumer-driven economy. So consumer confidence is always one of those things that's important. Well, the consumer confidence index, as you said, uh, it had jumped to over 113, the highest it's been since August of 2001. And it's all centered, this gain, all centered in the expectations component. So the present situation index is down a little bit, but the expectations component is really up. What do people expect looking out? Uh, And the expectations index is at a 13-year high, and people are more optimistic about the economic outlook, about the prospect for jobs, the prospect for incomes increasing, and for stock prices to continue to go up, which hits everyone in their retirement plans. You know, when you think about that, and guys, if you just tuned in, I'm talking with Keith Quinn. We're talking about what happened in 2016. We're looking towards the future. I've also got Michael and Nathan Powell. They're not related. I have to say that after time. (laughs) You know, Michael Powell and Nathan Powell. But, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to give you some ideas about what we perceive and what we think and how we manage money and how we go through that process. Looking at 2016, Keith, let's just, I mean, all three of us, what did happen when you see an election that changed the, this confidence level as dramatic as it's changed since the, the election? I mean, that was a, that's amazing that you can see that group of people or this, this monster, you know, this movement. And it changed. It changed everybody's thought process. Why? It changed everyone's thought process, and it changed it in a pretty dramatic way. You know, we have uh, are fortunate to have Bob Dahl on as a guest right. frequently. I saw Bob on CNBC recently, and it was hilarious. I've never really seen him say anything like this. And they were talking back and forth. You know, they have some pretty funny discussions. Uh, and someone asked him, well, do you, do you have any cash? And he says, what do I need cash for? It's, the market's going up. <laughs> but he just said it like, you know, it's like, this is a no-brainer. The market's going up. Yeah. Uh, you don't really <laughs> see that kind of confidence uh, in some of these professional money managers that we're seeing right now. Now, here's the caveat to that. You've got to be really careful when everybody gets too confident because we like to see the, the market climb this wall of worry. You could make this argument that there's not really this wall of worry, but I think there is if we look at fund flows. We still haven't seen a ton of money rotate off the sideways into, uh, off the sidelines into stocks. When we start seeing that, maybe that's a little bit of a red flag. Nathan, when you're meeting with clients, I mean, this is what he's just said is yeah. so critical is that we get this, this 
almost this euphoric, you know, mindset. And that's Mm -hmm. always a very dangerous thing for us. How do you coach your clients here? You know, I I think we always say, unless your time horizon has changed, whether your goals have changed, you stay the course. You know, we always talk about volatility in our world and that usually has a negative connotation to it. But you have to remember volatility works both ways. You know, things can be volatile in a very good way. And that's what we're experiencing right now. I think people have to be careful not to get over greedy. If, again, if your situation hasn't changed and what you're trying to get accomplished, that final goal hasn't changed, stay the course. Don't get overly greedy. Don't let the volatility, don't let these short-term swings emotionally cause you to make decisions that you know might not be in your best interest or be in alignment with what your goals and expectations truly are. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a phenomenal point. You know, we had said that earlier when we were talking before the show. You know, for a lot of, of the last couple of years, you know, we've we've had to counsel people to not be too scared, uh, to, you know, to realize that the economy's growing. Don't be scared of the volatility in the market. Volatility is normal. Well, now we've got the flip side of that. Don't be too greedy. Don't think that, you know, uh, small cap stocks are, have done particularly well since the election. There's the thought that they may benefit more from a lower regulatory environment for some tax reform. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you turn around and chase uh, the uh, the great returns that we've seen in the in the small cap stocks. So you don't change your allocation, as Nathan said. You know, unless your unless your goals have changed, or unless the time that you've got to accomplish those goals has changed. So if your four hundred one k has been invested in a relatively conservative growth type model, don't go out here and jump. I, let me let me say that I had a call. This is I'm serious. I this is a call from someone that I have to talk off the ledge at least twice a year. Sure. Okay, I hope they're not listening because they know exactly. <laughs> you know, but but the reality is, I do. I mean, since '08, I can tell you, there's that fear that's just there. And guys, I am now. I know when we're talking about this, we're talking to a lot of people that, in the back of their mind, that's still there. There's no way you can just wash that out. You can't. And so now, all of a sudden, and as I said, talk him off the ledge. Okay, don't don't get don't get too nervous. You just stay the course. Do what you got to do. Just like what you said. Right. But here's the reality: three, four, five. I guess maybe a week after the election, he's not on the ledge. <laughs> he's now wanting to put everything into the equities. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned small caps, and he wanted to know is that where I should be right now? I think that's where we, you know. And right. he was almost. Almost demanding that I move his entire portfolio into that mindset, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, now I got to talk him off of the other ledge, yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the building, get him out of the room. Yeah, seesaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so what are we talking about here with clients that we have to deal with, and that's emotions. They get caught up. And, Michael, I know you've got that group of people that you have to deal with. What are some of the things you're seeing and hearing from your people? Well, as Nathan mentioned earlier, you have the the volatility working both ways. You got your highs, you got your lows, and it's that same situation yeah. you have. But some people look at it, and when you sit down with clients, they they look at their portfolio and say, "Here it is. Here's the percentage. Looks great, but the market overall has done this. Why haven't I done as well as what the actual indexes have right. done?" And you got to tell them, "Look." Here's how it's separated out. You're in totally different sectors of the market. Some There's going to be winners and losers every year, but we don't know who those are going to be. So that's why we always have to be diversified and make sure that we're staying in a steady mindset of just long term. Well, that is so critical. You know, that's uh, the diversification is what we're talking about. I think we kind of have a saying in the office that we talk about all the time that, you know, reality is we'll never hit the grand slam with you. 
but we'll never take three strikes and we're out. We're not going to be in the cellar. We're at least going to be at a good batting average. We'll, we'll hit some good singles and doubles. Every now and then we're going to hit a home run, but reality is we're never going to make you, you know, that 30% return, but we're never going to have that 30% loss. We're going to try to manage to keep you somewhere in the comfortable middle because of diversification. Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, I mean, you, you, the, the, all the talk now is, you know, the Dow chasing 20,000, you know, yep. 20,000 every day. Are, are, are we there? Are we, are we going? Da, 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 da. And I mean, you've just got to keep it all in perspective. I mean, Dow is like, what, 30, 30 companies, you know, and that doesn't truly reflect probably what your portfolio is because you probably have a lot of other holdings. So you just have to be aware of, you know, what your investments are and how they actually compare to different benchmarks or indices so that you have a true your representation in your mind of exactly what your expectations should be. I well, think that's a great point. That's a good point. When we come back, we're going to ask Keith what he thinks about the U.S. dollar being at a 14-year high. That's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, uh you know, we got. I want to get your thoughts there, Keith. Because making America great again. Making America. <laughs> Well, if you just tuned in, I have uh, Michael Nathan Powell. I have Keith Quinn. We're talking about what happened in 2016. We're going to talk about what's going to happen, what we think, what we look for. Not predictions, just what we look for in 2017. Keith Quinn, Michael Powell, Nathan Powell. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. The final copy should be the recorded version. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Keith Quinn. We're talking about kind of a market recap and what we're thinking about and that set the pro, you know, set this question up about the U.S. dollar. And it's at a 14-year all-time high. Uh, and, you know, I guess the reality is the strong dollar, Keith, has traditionally been a headwind for earnings of large companies, especially if they have that international makeup, you know, where they've got some international flavor there and exposure. So 
when you look at that, what do you think? I mean, I mean, is that going to be a problem with the U.S. dollar being as high as it is? Well, and then that's the first thing I would say is normally you hear a strong dollar. Well, you know, that's that's good, everybody, right? Everybody I mean, you know, claps. Out of it. It's yeah, kind right. of like winning the, winning the Olympics. You know, how many did we win? Well, and, then, you know, we talk about that almost with a pride thing. Right, right. Like it's somehow reflective of the great country that we live in. Right. Uh, and it certainly is in that it's reflecting of the economy that we've got, which is doing pretty well. But as you said, a strong dollar is not really what we want when we think about trade, especially when we think about international trade. So all of the multinational corporations that we have in the U.S. that do have a lot of their uh, revenue that comes from exports, a strong dollar is a real headwind for them. Uh, you know, the other thing to look at is how, why is the dollar so strong? Is it because the U.S. economy is doing so well? And certainly that's part of the reason. You know, we've seen the Federal Reserve, as we mentioned, they raised interest rates in December, but they upped the forecast for next year from potentially two interest rate increases to three interest rate increases right. because they see the economy starting to heat up as well. So that's part of the reason we're having the strong dollar. But the other thing is because of the uh, uh, negative yields we see internationally. You know, we've still got negative yields in the Bank of Japan. Right. Still have negative interest rate policy in Europe uh, with the European Central Bank, some of the countries in the EU. So on a relative basis, the dollar looks quite a bit stronger. And then you look at the Chinese yuan and they're doing some things about how they're valuing their currency. And, you know, that's what sparked the whole sell off uh, in 2015 was the, a quick devaluation by 2 percent of the yuan. So the dollar's a big deal and it really plays into uh, a lot of different aspects of the global economy. So it's good and bad. So the reality is you, you want to applaud it. Right. But you also have to look at it from a business standpoint. Right. It is a headwind. It is a headwind. We would rather not have it quite this strong. And you yeah. like to see a little bit of appreciation in the dollar, but not a big jump. Well, all right. We've got some reasons, obviously, to be optimistic for 2017. I think we finally have some reasons to be legitimately optimistic. You know, we would say, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to be uh, rational about our optimism. Okay. Uh, yeah. Rational. It's not uh, irrational yeah. exuberance. It's rational <laughs> it's exuberance. It's rational exuberance. But there are still some risk. And let's go. I want you to kind of give us the thought of now where are we going and what's happening. Right. So we, the, there's always risk in the market. And the first thing I would say is, you know, the one thing that we always talk about is we talk about black swans, the things that we can't anticipate or couldn't potentially forecast. There are always the risk of those out there. You know, we saw it, whether it's a, a, a you know, a weather event or something that happens or a political uh, event, even though political risk is a little bit different. We always have this risk of the unknown. Now, political risk. Political risk in 2017 is probably greater than it has been in a long time. And what do I mean by that? Well, here domestically, there is a real risk that the incoming administration would not be able to enact some of the policies that they've been proposing, would not be able to get the uh, tax reform or do tax reform in a big enough way for it to be meaningful, would not be able to address the regulatory burden impers uh, imposed by agencies like the Environmental Protection Agency. So if they don't come through with some of these things, uh, that would certainly be a real risk. And we were talking about expectations. Expectations are awfully high. Some of movement has been for cause expectations make great you said it earlier make america great again right that expectation that mr trump is going to pull that off if that doesn't happen boy it reverses quickly well it does and it's one of the old uh, uh, you know market sayings uh, buy the rumor and sell the fact so the idea that we can get all this done is the rumor but the facts are going to be important and we are going to see a lot of that as we go through the confirmation hearings for some of the cabinet posts we'll see a little bit more of what they're thinking and what their ideas are for actually getting the economy moving you've been impressed with the cabinet post i have been very impressed with the cabinet picks uh, you know uh, uh, again i was uh, not a supporter of of mr trump during the election uh, but i've been 
been really, really impressed with the cabinet picks. Uh, uh, you had asked me to you know, come up some, for, with some reasons of why you think uh, uh, President Trump could potentially be pro-business. And I said, I've got six reasons. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, Wilbur Ross, Rex Tillerson, Andrew Putzer, Scott Pruitt, and Tom Price. Uh, you did are, a lot of research. Uh, these, these, are, these are all good guys. <laughs> They're all pro-business guys. They're all in the right agency to be able to work on things like tax reform or international trade or regulation. So all those things are, are pro-business. But there's also political risk overseas. There's three big elections in Europe. We're seeing more and more of the nationalistic trend where people are leaning towards, you know, uh, potentially the EU falling apart. Obviously, that's not something that's on the horizon right now, but it could be something that's, you know, out there in the future. You know, we, we tell everybody, Nathan, you mentioned it earlier about diversification. We talk about don't get caught up and everything's going on. Any last word for our listening audience on that? You know, I would just reiterate the point of stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Let that resound in your mind and let it guide you. Yeah. Michael? Yeah, you heard so much going on in 2016 that caused the market to do those ups and downs. I mean, 2017 could be very well the same thing. Same thing. Stay the course, as Nathan said. That's good. Keith? Yeah, will the market go down? Absolutely. Has it always come back to make up its losses? Yes. Has it always gone on to set new highs? Yes. Why don't you make money investing in equities? You don't stay the course. Guys, thank you so much. I mean, great program. Appreciate what you've covered. We've covered cybersecurity. We talked about people taking risk with, you know, their credit cards. Be careful with that. You've covered what we think is going on, what we looked back. So great job for these three guys, uh, Michael, Nathan Powell, and then Keith Quinn. Again, I appreciate you being with us today on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We've been talking about talk money, and that's important. My producer and board operator is Gil Worth, guest and content coordination, Francis Fordner, and my production assistant, Eleanor Moskovich, Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, and Jude Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We thank you for listening, and we're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, Michael Powell, and Nathan Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.